Hello everybody and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show, show number 60. And the show tonight is called Kung Fu Panja. And I didn't realise how relevant that was at the time when I picked the title. And my guest on the show this week is a gentleman called DVL Panja. And DVL is uh, an awakener, so this is going to be fascinating. Hey, DVL. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Hey. Oh, is it still morning, is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the title of the show initially, Kung Fu Panja, I picked it because I just thought it was funny. It's a play on words. Yes. Because your surname, apart from the Y, is Panda. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> Turns out you did Kung Fu for years. I did. I did six years. I did um, a martial art called Wing Chun for three yeah, years. Yeah, that's Bruce Lee's, isn't it? That's right, yeah. yes. And then I did, because I was working at the university, I met a Chinese student there, and his grandmother was a master, Kung Fu master. Grandfather was a master. Father was a grandmaster. His mother was a grandmaster. Everybody, <laughs> everybody was a master. And uh, and then I met him in, in, in the gym. We, you know, we were doing some fitness, and I saw him stretching. And I, anyway, to cut the story short, we, we, we started talking, and then eventually he started to show me some move. And his family was called Lee, Lee Car System. Yeah, and I did three years of that as well. Uh, very, very vicious. Oh, right. <laughs> well, the show. I'll tell everybody how we met first. And there's a very nice lady who's been on the show called Debs Brooks, mm. and she put me in touch with a lady called Dawn. And if I pronounce it correctly, it's Dawn Lavinia. Yeah. And then Dawn put me in touch with also with Jetty, who is a Zen Buddhist mm. priest who's mm. coming on the show next week, actually, mm. and put me in touch with yourself. I think you're going to have to tell us in the name title, in the tag, it says The Awakener. So we're obviously going to go through your journey yes. and yes. your life, but and we'll get into a lot of this in more detail at the end, but The Awakener. Mm. Mm. Why is The Awakener? It, it was the somebody who, who gave me this uh, many, many years ago. You know, I, I've been doing this for about 36 years now, and... Um, I, uh, when I tried to do, uh, to start a business, it flopped, it went bankrupt, you know. Yeah. But when I talk about spirituality, it, it just happens. And, and people say, oh, I, I heard that you do, you know, groups and meditation groups. I say, well, yeah, if you can get between 10 and 12 people, I'll come. Within a month, boom, the telephone rings, you know. Yeah. And I had like, I was working at the university and then, I had like six or seven groups in the in a week, and I was running ragged, you know, yeah. <laughs> going to all these groups, and 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 I, I always felt that everybody had this uh, ability to connect with masters and teachers and and see images in the head because we are sentient beings, yeah. you know. Yeah. But after all, after all these years, I realized that not everybody have this. Do you and mean not everybody has it switched on? Yes. Yeah. Not switched on. Yes. Yeah. Um, because when I came, uh, I came to a point at the university, I couldn't cope with it anymore because we amalgamated with the computing department from only having two computers in our room, technician's room, and all of a sudden we had 24. Yeah. That was it. You know, I, I said to the divine, please give me an opening so I can leave. <laughs> so the awakener is the fact that you, when you're, teach people or do workshops or do meditation mm. and you can show people how to open this door mm. and mm. connect yeah you know yeah. like uh, early on that when we were we were talking 
you know, I felt that Buddha stood behind you and the energy of Buddha coming through. And yeah. I can tell you a lot more about actually later on. Okay. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And, and this kind of things happens when I'm talking to people, you know, and you can see the reaction because they, they go into deep emotions mm. that touch them. And this is a thing, you know, people can say many things when you meet spiritual people and they say things that if it doesn't touch you, it doesn't mean anything. But when it touches your heart and makes you emotionally uh, a gibbering idiot, yeah. then you know it's something truthful in there. And go with that. Then go with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can resonate with that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we'll start at the beginning, DVL, and your journey is absolutely not what I was expecting when I read your notes. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. And it starts in Singapore. Yes, yes, I was... Born in Singapore, and uh, in a family, the Hindu family, Brahmins, they're Brahmins, yeah. vegetarians, they don't even eat an egg, you know, we were just like this. And, um, and obviously, my mother was more uh, religious than my mother, my father was, and uh, she was, you know, take me to the temples. It was always me that she drags me, you know, everywhere. Yeah. If we was giving uh, an offering to a god, you know, like a coconut thing, yeah. You know, it, she would drag me, uh, and I couldn't understand that. And so, eventually, this gives that I wasn't interested. I was only very young, and I left Singapore at the age of seventeen and a half. So at that time, I was only interested in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah? <laughs> we all did this, you know. And uh, then you came to a point where I got fed up with this. Yeah. There must be more to life than this. You know, when you say your family were Hindu Brahmin, mm. Brahmin, I believe, dates back. Before Buddhism, oh, way much, before. much older, much, yeah. much older, yes. Buddhism is only sort of two and a half thousand years old. Yes. I think they can trace um, the Hindu, Vedic, these mm. traditions back four, mm. five, six thousand years, mm. you know. In, in, in India, they're called pandits. Pandits means uh, a, a priest, you see. And, um, and in, in the Pandya task itself, there is caste again. There's who is the highest in <laughs> I didn't know this. My sister told me years after that we are the top of the top, you know. Yeah. And so sometimes when we have a special gift, it's because you have a genetic uh, DNA that's been downloaded from many, many past lives. Yeah. Um, if you look into the history, you can see this on YouTube or whatever. Pandavas, the Pandavas, huge family. A very, very powerful family mm. uh, and very spiritual, you know. The, the thing with India, I'm fortunate I've been to India. I was there for about a month and some of the most beautiful people I've ever spent time mm. with. Mm. And I went to Gujarati and some of the people that had nothing, mm. you know. However, very happy, you know. Mm. So that dispels the rumour, you know, some people think money brings you happiness. Well, sort of nonsense because... If that was the case, all the wealthy people in the world would be happy and all the poor people would be sad. And it's, it's the opposite, <laughs> it's the opposite you know. Yeah. But there is a caste system in India, isn't there? And I find that I didn't sit well with me. No, no, no that, that is very sad. You know, I, yeah. I came across that and, and they like indoctrinated into them that because you're a farmer, the rest of your life will be a farmer and that's it, you know. You'll be nothing else. And... I went to visit my sister many years later in India. She used to live in uh, Mumbai. 
about 100 miles south of Mumbai. Yeah, I've been to Mumbai as well, actually, which yeah, was... Yeah. Actually, busy. Gujarat. Yes. It's my parents where they were born there. Ah, ah. <laughs> so they've got this synchronicity with Seattle and all. I know, we've got, we'll tell you later, but we've got Seattle, Kung Fu, which I didn't know about, and, and now Gujarat. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, How old were you when he came to the UK? 17 and a half. Right. On I, my own. I'm going to tell you because in the show notes it said came to UK uh, at 68 in your show notes. And I thought, how old are you? You know, I, I <laughs> 1968, thought... <laughs> yeah, 1968. But uh, 1968, yeah. Mm. So you came on your own because you've, you've got lots of brothers and sisters as well, haven't you? Yes, I, I, it's a big family, four brothers and three sisters. And, um, and even when I was a young boy, I never connected with them. No. I, I was like wild, you know, like you. You know, we're crazy nuts, you know. Be head. careful what you say. You don't want to be associated with my past, DBL, but, but yeah. And, and uh, if there was any trouble anywhere or fight anywhere, it would be me who started. Yeah. You know? It would be always me in the middle of it. And if to break into neighbors' houses or anything like that for the fruit, not to steal their you know, fruit, it would be me. And even my sister just uh, said to me a few years ago, how did you become like this? Hmm. She asked me three times. I said, well, you know, you are a devotee of Sai Baba. Ask him. I said, I actually wanted to be, you know, a pop star. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I end up being like this. She said, I cannot believe it because when you were here, you just created trouble, you know. Yeah. And that's the separate genetics, like you say, you know. Yeah. We all got a, a cane with a different cell. A special cell. That's why you were the black sheep of the family. Hmm. Because they already knew up there that you're going to have to do something special when you come, when the time is right, you know. Well, good, because I was definitely the black sheep of the family. And <laughs> I, I'd like to think, you know, I'm, I'm doing something worthwhile now. You know, mm. So, mm. yeah. The next part of your journey is a radio officer. Yes, I came to England to study that, you see. And, uh, and my father sent me to England to say, do you want to go to England to study? And I thought, and the thing is, I, I never passed any of the exams when I was in Singapore. I never went to school very much. I did truant all the time. And then he said, go to, in, uh, to England to study. I thought, and I said straight away, yes, without uh, thinking it wasn't study that was interesting. It was Rolling Stones, you know, yes, Beatles, yes, yes. you know, women, and that, that, that. I said, yes, come. But I didn't realise what a powerful journey was going to be yeah. from there. Mm. As a radio officer, did you, I think you said you worked in the Navy, is that right? Yes, I, I spent three years uh, on the trawlers and three years as in the Merchant Navy. Um, did you get married before you went in the Navy? Yes, was, yes. yes, I got married. Uh, I was a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> you can't. You couldn't write it, could you? <laughs> Thirteen years from a, you know, from I mean, a actually from a Hindu Methodist church. Then I went into being a Jehovah's Witness. Then I became not a Muslim, but I, I looked into that. Yeah. I looked into Buddhism and things like that. You know. Yeah, I've looked into lots of things. I was brought up a Catholic, and there's lots of things with that that don't really sit well with me. You know, yes. so. Yes. Buddhism was something that made sense to me. There were some simple things. The invite debate, you're not going to hell if you make a mistake. Mm. Men and women are treated equally. Mm. Regardless of your sexuality, you're treated mm. equally. They, you're not, you know, they don't judge you. And they, they exude compassion and love. 
that for me is a good recipe. So yes. I, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll investigate this more. Yes, yes, you know? yes. It is like that, you know. What is your legacy, you know? And then it's for me, it's like when I do kick the bucket eventually, and uh, I hope that people say he he helped me a lot yeah. one day. You know? I think all we want to do as human beings is leave a good footprint. Mm. Two things I say this a lot on the show that. We're given a compass to navigate when we're younger with the programming as from school and from parents, and it's what's going to make you the most money, what's going to be the most successful, what's mm. going, to, going to get you the biggest house, the status, all of this. The only two things we should navigate through life with, in my opinion, are does this bring me joy and bliss, and is it helping others? Mm. Nothing else matters. That's you it. know, and you, all, want, all we want to do is leave a, a positive footprint behind Correct. that we help people. So the journey, uh, then, at the, I... I I left the um, my C career because the children were growing. I had two boys, you see. Yeah. And then I got the job at the university, and then I spent 33 years there. And that was the beginning of my awakening uh, because I met a lot of people. I was out clubbing and doing silly things, and I thought, there must be something more than this in life. And then I met a lady on a badminton court, and that was it. You know, yeah. The rest is history, as they say. What were you doing at UCLan? I was in electronic engineering, uh, and then a lecturer, or I was a like a technical support right, uh, okay, uh, yeah, group. You know, we mm. were. And I wanted to ask, with myself, I was quite spiritual at certain points in my teens, and then I just got lost. Yes, for twenty years, got lost. Mm. Drugs, alcohol, violence, everything. And then it was only in my forties when I really started to reawaken, you mm. know, or mm. reconnect, whatever. And I had a nervous breakdown when I was, I think, 41, something like that. And then I even had a second one about two and a half years ago. Mm. But Eckhart Tolle, for example, he didn't choose to become enlightened. He had uh, a nervous breakdown and was suicidal. Mm. Sadhguru sat under a tree, 10 mm. or 11 days passed, and, you know, mm. that's that was the start of his journey. Was there one significant event that put you on this path? Or was it... A slow burner, you know. It, a, it was a slow burner. Mm. It was a slow burner. When I, after meeting this lady on the badminton course, she introduced me to the teacher, was an Australian guy, was 84% blind, 84% blind. And you should see his driving. He can drive without driving, no hands on the steering. It was amazing. Uh, Total trust of the divine. His car's covered in scratches and bumps, though. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah, sorry. You know? <laughs> and um, and he he showed me a lot of things and how to use your words. He say it's amazing when a, a a person says a sentence, how many negatives there are in that sentence. Mm -hmm. And he used to pull me up every time, and he was fantastic teacher, fantastic mm. teacher. I think we forget that how powerful this vibration, the sound that comes out of this, you know, frequency that we give out can lift people up and it can crush people as mm, well, mm, you know. It's mm. a very powerful tool and mm, and mm. what happens is a lot of patterns, you can call them memes, there's different names, but patterns that we, we learn, we're conditioned with, we repeat and we, we don't really analyse and realise mm. what an effect it's having on the outside world, mm. you know. Mm. I have a dictaphone and I use it all the time and because of that, I'm externally manifesting. I'm, you know, expressing myself, saying the things, oh, I want yes. to do this, I'd like to do that, or whatever, and most of them come true. Yes. You know, yes. so it's a way of, I don't know what they call it, positive reinforcement and 
verbally manifesting things. You mm. know, I, I, I call it like attracts like. Yes. You know, and whatever you are like, whatever uh, frequency you are vibrating at, it goes out into your light body and the light body sends it out to the universe. Exactly. And the yeah. universe says, this is my, your, my command. Boom, it sends it back to you. Yeah. You know, it is like that. It's, it's like the law of attraction is... It, and it a, is. Yeah. Yes. There's a quote in my book I wrote, and it says, the frequency you display attracts the people in your day. Mm. What you give out... Mm. I talked about this in the last, last show. If, you're, if people around you are negative mm. and you resonate with them, don't lower your frequency and resonate with them because what will happen is... If you don't do that, you're not feeding them, you're mm. not giving them what they need, mm. and they'll move away mm. from you. Mm. You can invite them to come up and see the view. That's their choice. Yes. If you emit a positive frequency, the negative people in your life will generally move away, mm. and the positive people will be drawn towards you. And mm. just by focusing on this and becoming blissful and experiencing joy, and it's not a selfish pursuit because when you squeeze mm. an orange, out comes orange juice. So if you're mm. full of joy, bliss, and peace, and compassion, and you're giving that out to the world... That's what you're going to receive. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when, when I was in, uh, I, I told you earlier on that I was in uh, Rashikesh, uh, India, three years ago, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. And there was an international gathering of the yoga uh, students. But there was also meetings. And then Muji was there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Muji? yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. I didn't know he was there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's thousands of people sat there listening to him. And then I asked the question, do I know this gentleman? No, I don't really know him. Have I said hello, shake his hand? No. So what draws you to this person? Mm. You know, it's mm. your energy. Exactly. That's all it is, you know. You ooze this energy out and you draw people in. You know, and, and, and it, in that perspective, you maybe give them some words of wisdom or even just sitting in your energy, in your uh, frequency, you change people. Yeah. Nikola Tesla always said one of his famous quotes is if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of frequency, vibration Mm, and mm. energy. Yes, that's right. You know, and so eventually you see a lot of gurus, very high vibrational gurus. They don't say very much because they let the divine take care of it. Yeah. You just the two be the presence of God. That's all you have to be. And and and. Once upon a time, before that, you know, I would sit like in a coffee bar or something like that. Then I would say to my guardian angels and uh, the violet flame, which I hope I can talk a little bit about of this. Of course. Um, and say, set up a vortex here. And you, because you ask, they just do it. And they create a vortex there in this cafe. And when you leave, it's there permanent. And this is what we uh, spiritual people should be doing, you know, uh, we don't really have to do very much now because the frequency that we carry is very, very high. Uh, we always, every day, every day, every night, you are getting downloaded. Mm. Once upon a time, it's only like full moon or solstice. Or no more. And, and the energy that's coming is coming directly from the, uh, the central sun, not from our sun now, direct from that, our central sun. Very powerful because we can take the direct energy where before, five to ten years ago, we couldn't. It was too strong. It just make you go cuckoo in the head, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tell us then, you mentioned, we're moving on a little bit, mm. and about 
the badminton. So what happened that day? What was that about? Well, I, I might say, I, I, I looked at her and I thought, there's something special about this lady. Again, there, there was this energy, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So she came off the court and I started talking to her. And she, we, we started talking about energies and chakras and things. And she said, yes, 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 yes. And she, everything she said was very similar to what my mother used to talk about. Then I said, can I come and talk to you? So I came. And then she started talking about spirit stuff and all that. And I thought, oh, this is too much for me. <laughs> this yeah. was after six months of learning. I said, I know the world I am in. This sex, drugs and rock and roll. Wasn't say. Going out clubbing and being stupid and things like that. Yeah. But I don't know this invisible world. Mm. I don't know this, so I don't want to be there. Anyway, I stopped going. And then it was 14 months later, I went back to her again. And then it started. Then she introduced this uh, uh, Australian uh, gentleman to me, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. You can hear the same message twice, and if you're not ready to receive it at certain points in your life, you don't resonate with it, it doesn't mean anything to you. You can hear it five years later, and you're like, my God, and yes. it can be life-changing. Yes, yes. So you've got to be ready to open Correct. to it, haven't you? That's, that is very true, you know. Again, it's like like attracts like, isn't it? I wasn't attracting that yet for me. Um and also being an electronic engineer, you know, I, it, all the electronics is very uh, logical, you know, it's zeros and ones and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And come into spirit world, there's no, no zeros and no ones. Yeah. <laughs> you see anything, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I have a mathematical brain. I, I used to excel at maths. It was something I did very well. And prior to doing some of the things I do now, I worked um, on a lot of large scale civil engineering projects I ran tunneling projects nuclear power stations things like this mm. football stadiums bridges motorways and that was how my brain worked and you go into sort of the spiritual realm mm. or you know pure consciousness whatever mm. you choose to call it the zero point field source connect with this and it means nothing no, nothing <laughs> you nothing know it's irrelevant you've got to let go yes. and I I process and I quantify and I and, and all of that doesn't work here. Mm. You know, it's a non-physical realm. <laughs> Time, space, yeah. means nothing. So Yeah, if you try to analyse it, I think you'll end up in a mental asylum, you know? Yeah. So the best thing is go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done ayahuasca on a few occasions in the past, and I've, I've talked about that on, I've done shows about it. And if you go in there and you're trying to process everything logically, you're going to have a rough ride. Mm. You've got to let mm. go and just let the plant do what it needs to do, you mm. know, the plant medicine, mm. so... Yeah. Yes, I was in Brazil uh, with John of God, uh, and uh, I met some indigenous people down there. They were like selling little trinkets on the floor, you know, with a uh, little bit of material. And they invited me to come into the forest with them to do this ayahuasca thing. Yes. Um, and uh, I did meet them, but I didn't take the ayahuasca because no. there was something didn't... I For me, it didn't resonate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to do meeting with the divine on a pure base. Yeah. Because I have this ability, you see. You yeah. Know? Ayahuasca, it's documented. It, mm. you know, it can help certain people uh, in certain situations and it definitely helped me. Mm. You know, I was mm. depressed and I went mm. and it lifted, this cloud lifted. I've been meditating for a long period, but I still couldn't quite, that changed my life as well, put mm. me back together again. And mm. I, things started to happen in my life lots of positive things, and the ayahuasca was part of that, mm. you know, mm. for me. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you mentioned Daniel. 
Badminton, you met this lady, you went back and saw her, and then Daniel. Yes, Daniel became my teacher for quite some time. And he used to, uh, we used to meditate, and he just, because he was 84, 85% blind, he just saw things. He, 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 he recognized you with your aura. Yeah. You know, and I thought, you know, at that time I was still very mental in the head. And I, I used to do martial arts, like I said, and badminton. I used to get injured quite a lot. And, uh, That's badminton for you. It's dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> I used to play a lot of badminton. And I've, I've, I've done some crazy things in my times. You know, I've done skydiving, cage fighting, and whatever. And I had more injuries from badminton than anything yes. else, I think. Yes, yes, yes. I used to play in the Lancashire League, you see. And, ah. uh, and when I snapped my knee in the martial arts thing, I stopped. And, um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to check this guy out because, you know, I'm like that, you know. And... and I would come in for the med meditation and I said, Daniel, I'm hurt, you know, where, can you see where it is? And then he'd tell me where it is. Until one day he got really fed up me asking. And I was, I got really on my shin, somebody kicked me in the shin, really, really painful. Yeah. So I said, Daniel, <laughs> I've been hit, can you see where it is? And he took his finger and just poked his finger right into my shin where it hurt. He said, did that hurt? I said, okay, fine. Then yeah. <laughs> don't don't question don't question him anymore. You know it's like that. A lot of people who have lost one of the five senses mm. have a very heightened ability with their other five senses mm. and become aware of energies more. And yeah. I say this about sort of dogs and horses and various other animals because we have the gift of speech. Mm. Mm. We quite often the other senses are dumbed down. That's right. Animals don't have this. So dogs are incredibly oh. for years. I couldn't go near a dog because I was frightened because I was attacked by one when I was right. a kid. Right. Whenever I went near a dog, the dog, he could sense I was frightened. That made him yeah. nervous. He started barking. No words exchanged. They just knew. They just felt it. Mm, and mm. I think as human beings, when we lose one or even more than one of the five senses, other abilities that are dormant and lie latent develop. Mm, that's what happened to him in yeah. Vietnam War. He was a soldier and a hand grenade blew in front of him which affected his eyes, you know, that's how it happened. Uh. Yeah, and, but he could see things and he could, and after the meditation, he would go, he said, did anybody see this, you know? And we said, no. He said, there was a, a mother duck and all the ducklings just walked past. <laughs> Even in spirit, you know? Yeah, and yeah. there was one night, he, he said, can anybody see what's in that corner there? And I knew there was an energy there, but I wasn't, couldn't see it then, you know? I was still starting he said, you won't believe what's in that corner. There's a buffalo, there's uh, two horses, and five uh, uh, warrior, uh, you know, uh, Indian, American yeah. Indian warrior in that corner. How they <laughs> got in that corner, you didn't know. But they can do this. Yeah. I had Archangel Michael came to me when I was driving. And he, it's, it's really it's so difficult to explain in the human form. He was huge. And then, and then he, I felt that he's going to come and sit with us in this car. I said, you can't fit in this car. He said, watch. And he came in, yeah. you know. So we need to believe magic. Oh, you know? absolutely. Absolute magic. Yeah. And what you think you can't create, you can. All you have to do is believe. Yeah. 100%. People that don't believe in magic will never see magic. Mm, mm. People that believe in magic see it everywhere, mm, you mm. know. Yeah. yeah. I think... A lot of people, when you try and explain something that's non-physical from the spirit realm, 
from a different dimension or whatever, how you explain that, with words. Mm. It it doesn't really compute a lot of the time because mm. you, it doesn't fit, does it? That's Which, right. You know, trying to use this very narrow, limited vehicle Correct. to explain something that's infinite. Huge. Yes, yeah. it's huge. Um, I'm very fortunate in a way that uh, I really don't have don't speak very much. I speak because I'm here with you, you yes. know. But I um, bring energies for people to feel. I say, I don't want you to listen to my words. Feel for yourself. Can you feel this? If you can't, then don't talk to me again. You know, it's like that. Uh, and so I don't have the abilities of like some very eloquent channelists can speak beautiful language. You know, I don't have that. But I get little few words like like attracts like, be the presence of God and things like that. But most of my work is energetic, yes. you know. Uh, and and then after finishing with, with Daniel, we move on from there. I started to take meditation groups. Uh, I used to download from internet meditation and I would tell everybody, say this is from this this group and you know Archangel Michael and Rona Herman and things like that. And we used to meditate and it just it just exploded, you know. And for about ten years I did that. And until I went to India. What spurred you to go to India? Because I know you went to an ashram. Maybe yeah. tell us this story. So. Yes, yes. Um I, I went to India because before my father died he said Whatever you do, before anything happens to you, just go and visit India. Uh, I said, okay, I will. And my sister was there, uh, south of Mumbai. And, uh, and her, her daughter knew a guy who did meditation and all that. And they knew that I did that as well. He said, Mama, uh, let me take you, my mommy's uncle, let me take you to this man down to this. And then he took me... Uh, to this ashram called Ganesh Puri. Yeah. Ganesh's bread, you see. Um, but before then, before then when I was meditating in England, I was getting like jungle book pictures in my head, you know, monkeys flying and old temples and all that. And then they were saying, go to India, you'll, you'll find this. And India is a big place, you know. How do you find <laughs> Well, <laughs> like, things like that. Yeah. The term in your notes, TVL, is a magnified healing master practitioner. Was that before, before you went to India? Before, yeah. yes. This was working with Kuan Yin. I still do, but I don't um, practice it the way it is uh, shown in the book. Yeah. I work with Kuan Yin and I just go with the flow. Uh, I also have a shaman that I see in my third eye from time to time. Um, and, uh, and I practice that you know, like 10 years before I went to India, right. you see. Uh, so when I heal, when I do healing on people, I bring all these modalities, all these techniques into it from shamanic uh, to clear the, the auric field, to go around the person to see any uh, astral parasites, yeah. entities uh, uh, or ticks, astral ticks and all that, that are embedded into your system and at the end I cut the cords your your cords that are that holds you back in this lifetime mm. then when I finish I bring in the divine consciousness and that is another story <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yes. I've been 
very lucky on my journey. I've experienced out-of-body experiences, astral projection, telepathy, telekinesis, a whole array of things that when I first told people, they'd think you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're all very real, mm. all mm. of them, you know. Mm. So, DVL, you talk about when you're in the ashram, mm. you received a gift. Yeah, I. Uh, he, he took me to... I didn't, it, it just happened, you know. I didn't ask, I didn't go. Uh, um, but before then, before going to that ashram, I was at Sai Baba's uh, ashram in, in, in Puttapati, yeah. which in four days, I only was four days, and I knew that he took my letter and I felt something in my heart because I asked to help me to heal people, humanity. And he did something. Then I went back to, the, uh, to Mumbai and I went to this ashram called Ganeshpuri. Yeah. And it was there that I started experiencing few things. Uh, we were the first room that we went to. There was a he. There was a huge amethyst church, huge. I've never seen so big in my life. And uh, he prostrated himself on the floor with the head down. Yeah. And he he looked up and he told me, "Come on, get down." And I thought, well. I can't get on that. I got a designer's T-shirt on. <laughs> you know? So anyway, eventually I did get down there. And then I saw this light. The kundalini light is not pure white. It's like that, like this color, you know. It's gray-white color. And it came up. I, mean, I was watching it, you know. Eyes were open. I wasn't meditating or anything. And I was seeing this light came up uh, from Mother Earth. And then it snaked around my chakra systems. And I was just watching this. It's quite frightening because it's something you never experienced before, yeah. and you're allowing this energy to come into your body, you know. And uh, I, I, and but I felt okay, you know. I felt okay, and then as it came out of my crown chakra, which I didn't see, there was a deity stood in front of me, all in gold. She had gold garments; even her skin was gold, you know. And uh, and the, the 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 energy shot out of my crown chakra. And she just took it and put it straight into the universe, you know. And that was the awakening of the Kundalini. So, do you know who the deity was that appeared in front of I you? I get the feeling that it was Perverti, right? The 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 counterpart of Lord Shiva, the the yeah. divine complement, you know. And uh, yeah, it is. It was. Uh, I, I don't question because all I feel is that love, and I just send gratitude. Yeah, yeah. it's. I can give you some kind of um, similarity with this is when I first went to the Kadampa Centre, the Manjushri, and I mm. went there all the time. Yeah. When I first went, I tried to learn everything mm. and I was asking lots of questions and I, I could recite things and I read every book from Geshe Kelsan Gyatso and, you know, I was on it and I was I was on this crazy learning mission and I absorbed quite a lot. Once I relaxed a bit, mm. stopped trying to remember everything and just mm. go in and I, I didn't, didn't matter whether I did and didn't remember and stuff. I started, I was like a sponge then because I was, you know, I was relaxed mm. without the effort. Mm. I started to learn and develop much, much faster. Yes, let know. go and let God, eh? Yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm. When you received this gift... Mm. The gift was the, the light, is it? This, yes. The Kundalini. It was awakening of your Christ consciousness. Right. You all, at that time, when I was there, it was the awakening of the Krishna consciousness. Yes. You see? Buddha consciousness. 
any anything you want to put yeah. in because we all work with this light yeah. you know and that's it i think it's basically the same anyway yes. you can a different name that's right that's know, right it's, it's very right yeah, yeah it's the divine and you can call it what you like mm. this connection mm. in your notes though you also mention um that you got this gift and enlightened mm. so at this point you experienced becoming yeah. enlightened maybe tell us about that well and then I told this gentleman what happened. He said, okay, wonderful. He just very calm about everything. And then he took me to another place outside um, of the building. And there were the guru slippers, you know, with the two where you put your toes in the slippers, you see. And he put his eyes at the slippers down there. And he asked me to do it. And when he asked me to do it, I saw the Shiva Lingam mountain. And it was just vibrating, you know. You could see this energy was humming, you know, it was amazing yeah. in my third eye, okay? Mm. I told him, say, oh, he said, yes. He said, when Guru dies, they all go there first. They go to the Shiva mountain, you know. So he said, come, we go to the to the temple and give some offerings, you see. So we were walking down towards the temple. And I'm, the, the, he was on my right, right and his friend was on, on his right. And as we were going towards the temple... I felt an energy on my left side down here, somebody walking with me. So when I turned around and looked, it was Ganesh walking with us. And I thought, I first thought, being an engineer, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. this guy is very good. This, the, the suit looks really yeah. very, very good, you know, latex. <laughs> yeah. And then I said to him, I said, Ganesh is walking with us, you know, can you see? And he said, no, I cannot see. He said, but I can feel. He said, I can feel somebody down here. And I say, it's Ganesh walking with us. Then I looked again, really critically, see if there was any connection to the hands or the, 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 you know, the, the mask and things like that. And it was Ganesh walking with us. Never said anything, and he was just walking with us. Then I said to him, do you want me to prostrate myself on the floor again? Because this was on the road now. You know, we were walking towards the temple, and I wasn't yeah. going to go down on the road, you see. Yeah. And he said, no, no, just honor him for coming. So I honoured him for coming, and I just I was talking to him here, and I said I turned up to Ganesh to say, you know I I'm lost for words. I usually never lost for words, and I said I thank you very much for coming, and I had like I was getting emotional then, you know, so I yeah. asked this guy, do you think I have to say something? He said no, no. He said just thank him for coming, and when I turned around to look again, he was gone. And it was a big space, you know, big, big, uh, uh, like a uh, open space. Yeah. And and again, after that, we, uh, he said to me, "There's bhajan going on. Let's go and join in." By then, I was emotionally very wrecked, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we went into this room. There must be two or three hundred people there, singing. And I was like, and I said to them, "I am not crying in front of all these people." You know, you know, macho thing, you see. Yeah. And um, I held it, I held it, I held it. And then it finished. And in the left-hand corner, right in front of me, there was a statue of Guru Nityananda, a golden statue. Then he said, come, stand down here. Stand in front of see what you get. I'm sure this guy knew exactly what he was doing, you know. Yeah. And I stood in front of this uh, uh, statue, golden statue. And uh, and then all of a sudden, there was this all these little lights started coming out of the statue pink, lilac, blues, white, purple, all around the statue. And he came 
And then I was had tears in my eyes by then. There was so much love coming out of this statue, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, it's only a statue, but the energy. And he went above his head and disappeared into the ceiling and out, you know. And I stood there and I just broke down. You know, I broke down. I knew it was about three, half past three in the afternoon, sunny day outside. And when I felt that hand on my shoulder, this man said, we have to go home now. It was like night. It was nightfall. It was already night. I must have been stood there maybe four, four and a half, or five hours. And it felt like 20 minutes. Yeah. I just went into a different dimension, you know. Yeah. And that was my integration of that frequency, the gift, you know. Yeah. The the best meditations I've I've had is I'll be meditating. I'll I'll think, well, I better stop now and look. I'm expecting thinking it's 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've meditated for six, seven, eight hours, you know. And mm. I don't do that all the time, but I have mm. done. Mm. And time stands still, doesn't it? Yes, yes. You know, yes. When, you're, when you're connected, um, you're not... For a brief while, you're, you're not of this world. Your physical form's left behind and you're somewhere else. Correct. Yeah. You're not there. You're, out, you're, like you say, out of body, you know. What yeah. I mean? and, uh, it's, um, and this is the thing that I want to learn. I want to uh, well, ask that to translocate like all the masters did. You know, Jesus yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, all the gurus did, you know. Um, and I, I just recently bought some CDs. Yogananda CDs, you know? Yep. The, yeah. And uh, I've been listening to that. The autobiography of a yogi. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got they, that on audiobook. Yeah, yeah that's what <laughs> yeah, I got. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how they translocate, bam, 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 yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 There's things now that people think, oh, it's, it's a bit of a story and it's a myth and stuff. But a lot of, you know, ancient Buddhist teachers, monks, things like this, they reckon they lived till, you know, yes. six, seven, eight hundred years old, yes. that they could yeah. translocate, be in mm. two places at once, mm. move um, mm. without time, Yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah. be there and then a moment later be on the other side of the world. Yes, that's know? right. Because yeah. I suppose if you transcend this physical form and you become a truly spiritual being, then the limitations of this realm of the five senses, time that's and space, right. don't apply. That's right, because... The way we are going now with the energy integration, we are going, we are ascending with our bodies, with this physical body. And, um, and this is why we find it very difficult to be with people that are still asleep. Yeah. Very, very difficult to be with them now. And because we are ascending with the physical body. And uh, it's becoming more and more, as you say, you talk something in your dictaphone and boom, it happens, yeah. you know. Because we we are we already are, we are still co-creators. We are not creators yet, because somebody can come in and press your button and then <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. boom, mm. <laughs> spirituality goes out of the window and it's like snake and ladders. You know, you go boom straight yeah. down again. Yeah, it's like that. We all have those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think if you have a thought, but then you externalize it you express it you give it out to the universe and that can be through speech through song through dance through even just you know emitting it whichever but to manifest something you can think it here but really you need to yeah you know put it out into the world as well yeah you have to put your energy in that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> america well i i received this energy uh, and it was about a year later um 
I came, it took a year to integrate this energy. To understand it, no, I didn't know what it was, you know. And then when I went to Buddha's birthday, the WISAC, in Mount Shasta in America, yeah. Between Seattle and California, <laughs> there's yes, a mountain yes. there, Seattle. <laughs> um, and there were like between 2,000 and 2,500 people there. Uh, the guy who created this uh, organization was called Dr. Joshua David Stone. And, you know, not many people know of him. He's written 40 spiritual books, incredibly powerful, and he ascended. When we finish our uh, morning session... We went out in the in the in the field outside, and there was a man there, and he looked like Jesus. He had long hair, six foot one, two, and he said, "I bring you the the gift of the Christ consciousness. If anybody wants to come to receive, you're welcome." You know. And the first person that went in was always a woman, because yeah. their intuition is much much powerful than men's. Yes. You know, <laughs> and she went in there, and she he just hugged her, and she just fell. Slowly, he just put her down onto the floor. As soon as he did that, I knew this was the gift that was given to me a year later, uh, earlier. Yeah. And uh, and then when I was walking towards him, uh, my head was chundering, you know, going, say, you better be good because I had this, I had that, Ganesh, blah, 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 you see. <laughs> yeah. 20 seconds, boom, I was on the floor. Who then, was this guy? His name is Abdi. Yeah. Okay. I and we became we became very good friends. I brought him to Preston. He doesn't come now anymore. Yeah. He's more South America, America around there. Yeah. And he's an incarnation of one of the apostles, but he won't tell me who. He right. said, "My brother asked me to come. I came, and that's all." You know. So, um, when when that happened, I I realized this was my gift. I have to practice it. You know. Yeah. And then, luckily, I still had two meditation groups, one in Preston and one in Southport. So I went to Southport when I came back. I told them what it was. And then, you know, there's always one person a bit difficult in a group. Yes. <laughs> I do. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this lady said, I'll have it. And I thought, oh, no, not you. Anybody but you. Because she was like that kind of person that said, you're really good or you're bloody rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway, I touched her, boom, she was out, you know, and uh, she was down. And there was like eight of us around her, sat in the chair looking down on her, and she was completely out and took me by surprise because I didn't think I could do it, you know. Yeah, didn't maybe yeah. at that point grasp how powerful you are or this is. Yeah. yeah, and then my journey started. My first invitation was in Vienna, and there was like, three groups of 40 people and I just you know all they all went down and things like that and then I traveled Australia New Zealand blah 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 yeah you know yeah given the Christ consciousness. consciousness yes I I met this lady in New Zealand and it became sonic she said very very tuned in lady she said is they said that this energy is sonic which is beyond the Christ consciousness, that's what she says, you know. Yes. And I call it now the divine consciousness. Yeah. Because it's expanded. It's expanded now, you see. And this is what I give to people. So uh, I, I don't travel very much because of the COVID thing. Yeah. Um, but people do come to me from time to time. I had a lady came a couple of days ago, which uh, completely 
oh, it's only two days. And uh, I saw her in the gym yesterday. She said, I don't know what you did to me, but I'm sleeping 10 hours. Yeah. I said, good. <laughs> I said, sleep 10 hours, yeah. you know. And that's it, you know. Yeah, well, mm. we all need that. Mm. I, I don't sleep particularly well. I usually get up at half three in the morning. Really? I, I, but it's an improvement. For years, I didn't sleep at all. Right. Now, um, you know, maybe I get five or six hours on a good night, but mm. I get up a few times. And mm. But, yeah, to sleep. The last time I slept for, say, eight hours, continuous, was about four and a half years ago. I remember it mm. because it was mm. so unusual. I just, I don't do that. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. So, yeah, the gift of sleep on its own is a wonderful <laughs> it thing, isn't it? Yeah. It was a funny night last night, isn't it? I don't know if you felt it. I mm. was like hot, really hot. And I was like pushing the blankets back and all that. And it's, mm. it's been like that for the last week or so. Mm. Really hot, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. I get the feeling that it's the frequency vibration, oscillation. Yeah. It's at higher level. So it's like uh, you, you, your cells are vibrating at a higher level. So that's what's happening to your body. You know, different people might feel different. They might be hyper right in the middle of the night. You know, they can't sleep. That's yeah. okay. You know, go down, have a cup of tea or a quick chocolate drink and then come back and then it's okay. It's settle down. Maybe now is a good point to just tell us what is... What's the, the violet, violet flame? flame? Yeah. yeah. Many, many years ago when I started my journey, I, I found out about the violet flame. And uh, I was just got sucked into it proper, you know. And uh, and the violet flame is the seventh ray, you see. The, because we come, I think it, there, there are eight rays that we all come on one of these rays. Mine is the seventh, the violet ray. And what the violet flame does, it transmutes. It, it cleanses, it, it uh, gets rid of heavy energies that is around you, in your home, uh, and you can put a protection around your home with a violet flame. If you Google it, yeah, it's there. And you can change the atomic structure, as you will know about this, atomic structure of water by using the violet flame. And I've been using violet flame for nearly 30 years now and teach people how to use the violet flame to, to change the, uh, uh, how can you say, the structure of water, as yep. the Japanese professor did, and bring it to a higher frequency. And what it does is that it starts to cleanse from outside your aura, and it comes into your body, and then it starts to cleanse your skin, your muscles, your everything. And then at the end, it starts to cleanse your cells all these trillions of cells you have and then it covers your cells with a lilac color because if you use pure uh, violet it's too strong for the body so it, it's very intelligent energy you know it's, and and then it, it when it covers your cell what it does is that it protects that cell right and keeps it young you know and and and, and when i'm in holland because there's so many canals down there, I show them how to um, use the violet flame to clean this water. Apart from just using for cell, use it for Mother Earth. And sometimes I even use the violet flame in a bowl, and then I say, I, this is my gift to you, uh, water consciousness. And I pour it down the drain and let it connect collective consciousness. You yeah. see? And yeah. we do that. And, my lucky number, by the way, I was born on the 7th of the 7th. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the 5th of December. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 5th of July. Hey. No, no more synchronicity. Oh, my God. But when you said it's the seventh ray. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Seven's very prominent in my life. Mm. Glastonbury. Yes. Yes. Tell us about Glastonbury. Yeah. I... Um... How did I connect with this? Oh, yes, I, I first met this lady and she wanted me to come to the PLG group, which is a very, very big group in Glastonbury. And uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, she just disappeared. And then she went to Spain. I thought, hey, I said, <laughs> what are you doing in Spain? She said, well, I'll stop doing the PLG. It's another group called Dave and Samir, you know, and they run it now. And... And I had a phone call from Samir to say, I can't remember this lady's name, but she gave me your phone number. So we asked if you'd like to come and give a talk, which I did. <clears throat> and it's quite concerning because it's like taking call to like Newcastle, isn't it? Is they yeah. say? Yeah. I said, how do you go and talk to, about spirituality in a place like Glastonbury when people are very, very uh, tuned in, like, you know, yeah. but... Never ever distrust who you are and the information because it, it was, it happened, it just flew, you know, it's just a flow yeah. happened. When there's a flow, just do it and they will guide you. And I just say, I was saying who I am, what I am, what I do, and the violet flame. There were people there with tears in their eyes. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just say what is in your heart. You know, if it's pure goodness, love, unconditional, you'll touch them. And so I'm be a bit of a celebrity there now, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even with the radio station down there with Steve and uh, so much information. Oh, his head is full of information. And um, so I, I, I did a workshop there, or two or three workshops there. And I, I do go down there quite regularly when we can. Um, and just talk yeah. and, and many of them are on my Facebook and YouTube channel uh, following my meditation you know yeah. yeah maybe tell us about what you're doing currently so I know for example you're doing some meditations online aren't you yes this kind of thing so just maybe give us a lowdown of what you're still still doing at the minute okay okay um I thought because I can't travel anymore and uh, um, I felt, because I used to fly like six to eight flights a, a year, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I felt a bit tired now, you know, and I didn't want to do as much. And then when this COVID thing started, it was a blessing in disguise, really. <laughs> um, so um, my lady Jeanette said, why don't we do it? on YouTube as I say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, because I'm not used to it. I, I would I'm a people's people, you know, yeah, contact hug and all that. Yeah. So it just started taking off and more and more people join in. Uh, and it's called Hands of Light on Facebook. On Facebook. Yes. So this is a group on Facebook. Yes, yes. People can join this yes, group. Yes. And then there's meditation videos yes. that go out on there. Is it, is it live stream or radios? Yeah, it's the, live. Live, yes, yeah, yes. the meditations, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I will try and give you some uh, um, videos. What happens in the, in the room when the light comes in? That's, it's amazing what happens. Um, 
and Jeanette takes, she's got a gift of taking orbs, you know, with the camera. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. Um, and so, and then also I was given three uh, uh, visions many, many, many years ago and I kept it to myself because I felt it wasn't ready to go out. And now the three visions are on uh, YouTube. Okay. On YouTube. The last three, you know, and um, and if you are conscious and open to understanding these uh, uh, three visions, it encompasses everything that is happening now. Right. Yeah. So tell us, if somebody wants to get in touch with you hmm. or they want to do one of your meditations, so hmm. tell us again, the Facebook group is called? Hands of Light. And what's your YouTube channel called? It's the same. It's same. the same, Hands of Light as same. well. Uh, it's just a... I, if you want to call it an organization with yeah. me and everybody else, I bring them and I take them out of body as well. Well, out of body, outside of their Mother Earth and looking down on Mother Earth and use the violet flame. Yeah. You know, we use that. Yeah. And do you have a website, DVL? Yeah. It is themessenger.me.uk. Wonderful. There's a lot of information there um, of who and what I am and what I do. You know, um, obviously it's a bit limited to what I do because of the traveling and all. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. Yeah. So finally, DVL, tell us what's next. What's on the horizon for you? For me, on the horizon is to get people who are very conscious now, conscious um, that are open, completely open, and activate their sacred heart. You see, maybe. Maybe you have seen it, a, a picture of Christ with the three colors coming out of the heart. Yeah. That is it. That is your threefold flame. You see, there are threefold flame. And to activate that, to bring the power of the Christ within them. This, I want to do this more and more now. Um, that, that they come into their mastership without questioning of who they are now. There's no question. If you've been doing spirituality for the last 10 years, you should know this now, by now, you know, to be activated. You yep. see? So yeah. that's my goal. DVL, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, my pleasure you. to have you here in the studio and to interview you. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. you came. Uh, hey, thank you for having me, you know. Thank you. I'm sure we'll meet again soon. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave you with a quote. It's normally from a book, usually one I've written. However, on this episode, it's slightly different, and I'm going to let DVL, he's going to tell you a quote and explain it. Go for it, DVL. Okay. This was given to me um, probably three, four months ago, and it said, be the presence of God. Be the presence of God. And how many times have you heard we don't need to do anything anymore. Just be. Just be. Yeah. Because of the energy that you carry changes people. There are times maybe uh, people fire something at you and you think, oh, I didn't say anything. Why are you saying that to me? You know? yeah. It's because your energy has affected them. So in being the presence of God, know that you are the God. You are the co-creator here on earth. You are the ambassador for Father, Mother, God here on earth. Be that presence. Yeah. And in that presence, you, changes, you change the uh, energy 
of wherever you are, in the cafe, maybe in the movies, in the car, yeah. you change the energy, and you are doing your work. Many um, uh, light workers say to me, "I don't know what I should be doing." Well, be keep it simple. Be the light. Be the presence. That's all you have to do. That's what Yogananda did. Yeah. Many many masters, gurus, Jesus did. You know. Yeah. Uh, just be the presence. That's why I think they say, you know, the best way to show anybody anything is by example. Mm. Be, be mm. that, you mm. know. Mm. And in being the best version of yourself and experiencing bliss and joy, you give that out to everybody as yes. well. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And when you, you come to the knowingness that you are capable, you do more. Because you know, I am that I am. Exactly. You know. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Debbie. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, folks. You can catch this show every Monday and every Thursday live on YouTube. It then goes live as an audio podcast three days later on many different channels, which include Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Amazon, Deezer, iHeartRadio, etc. Loads of them. And Google, I think, as well. You can catch the radio show every Monday night from 11 till midnight or midnight till midnight on Salford City Radio 94.4 FM and that's the Mind, Body and Spirit show. You can go to the website midnightmcbride.com. You can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and others. You can buy the book on Amazon from Pills to Peace. You can also get the audio book and the paperback version the audiobook being available on itunes acx and audible.com and you can get the kindle and paperback version in loads of other places okay folks thanks for watching and i'll see you next time shalom Thank you.